Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Who thinks of taking all the good we got and turning it back? Hell, I'll be damned. I think I'm turning into my old man. Am I the only one willing to bleed? Take a bullet for being free. Screaming what the hell at my TV for telling me.
Auto Plaza Direct Kings Court starts now. Day morning, St. Louis and all parts, northeast, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World Kings Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. KevinSlaytonShow.com is where you come to find us live every single morning, Monday through Friday. We have a podcast, of course. You can hear the show right here later in the day or on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, Anchor, and any place where good podcasts are heard. It is election day. The bell rings today for freedom, for the flag, for our way of life. We can accept our way of life back and take it back, actually. It's not being given to us. Or we can say to ourselves this morning or this afternoon or this evening, we chose the shit show that's going on today. To me, it's a pretty easy choice. There are people that struggle with mental deficiencies in this country who seem to be struggling with the choice. But it's a very simple one. Do you believe in a constitutional republic, which our founding fathers gave us? Worked pretty well for over 250 years until the liberal freaks came along and have hijacked it. They've hijacked the culture. They've hijacked the country. They've hijacked elections. But you're going to hear what we've been waiting to hear all along. You're going to hear it this morning, how the Republicans are policing the election process today. Been waiting to hear it. You're going to hear it this morning. They're going to cheat, but it ain't going to work. And for the first time in dozens of years, the Republicans are ready. Only the Republicans could be so naive and stupid to have agreed to a consent decree some 30 years ago to not oversee elections. But they did. And that's why we're in the fix we're in. But today begins another era. Today we storm the election box, and I don't mean physically, but we take over our country. We bring it back to where it was when it was great. It isn't great now. It's an international laughingstock. We have traitors among us who run this country. 
We have traders among us who run the biggest companies in America. We have traders among us who run the school systems, the public school systems, from K-5 right on up through college. And it's time to tell those traders where they can stick their treason. And it won't be comfortable. Today's the day. And as I said, I never tell anybody who to vote for, what to do. I tell you what I'm doing. And I encourage everybody to do the right thing. I think we all know what the right thing is, unless, as I said, it's a choice. You want the shit show that we have, or you want to bring the country back to where it was when it was respected. That's your choice. Why would anybody have to tell you how to vote? Common sense dictates it. So you're going to hear Harmeet Dillon, who's a lawyer for the Republican National Lawyers Association. She runs it all. She's going to tell you what's in store for cheating Democrats today. It's going to warm your heart. No matter where you're listening right now, if it's chilly, cool, autumn air, if you've got even the fire going this morning perhaps, it's really cold where you live, we're going to warm you up with some great news from Harmeet Dillon. We're going to hear from an independent pollster. There aren't very many of those. Hear what he says. And you'll hear the resident Biden stumbling and bumbling and falling off stages. But my favorite part is what you're going to hear from the liberal heads that are exploding all over America. You'll hear from the fat-ass Michael Moore, from the nitwit Amy Klobuchar, a senator. A senator. You'll hear the typical scene in Boneheads, but you'll also hear a Democratic strategist, lifelong, on CNN, tell you how wrong the Democrats and the liberals are. You'll hear Bill Clinton, that doddering old pervert, making light of subway violence in New York as if it's funny. You'll hear James Clyburn, a bigoted black man from South Carolina who hates America. Charlie Hurt will be along to explain what all of the lying by the Democrats has done to their party and the country. Meathead Rob Reiner, oh, you'll hear from him. He thinks that Republicans are going to kill people. (laughs) The meathead. Tina Forte is a candidate for Congress running against Sandy Cortez. You'll hear what Tina Forte has to say. And, of course, in their final push right up to Election Day, the liberals still don't get it, despite 80% of Democrats telling them the economy, inflation, gas prices, the border, all the topics that we care about. But you'll hear the sitting vice president tell a black audience for an hour special on black entertainment television that it's all about abortion. That is probably the most insulting thing you can tell a black audience. You could probably call a black audience the N-word and it wouldn't be as insulting as telling them that abortion is wonderful. It was in the black neighborhoods that Margaret Sanger gave birth, ironically, to Planned Parenthood. Because Margaret Sanger wanted to exterminate the black race, much as Hitler tried to exterminate the Jews. 
Margaret Sanger is right there in lockstep, perhaps goose step, with Hitler. She didn't care much about the Jews, but she did about the blacks. And she wanted them dead. And there you have the sitting vice president sitting in front of a black audience telling them how wonderful Margaret Sanger is. Wow. The stupidity, the utter stupidity and the insulting nature of these people is incredible. It's astounding. And we're going to take a page back in history and listen to Rush Limbaugh predict all about what's happening today. All of that is coming your way. And our good friend Jordan Krugman wants to remind you, though, that open enrollment for 2023 is going on with your health insurance right now. It started last week. It runs through January 15th. This is the time to take a look at all the options that are available to you. Maybe you don't know of them. Probably you don't. I didn't. Until I heard from Jordan, ran into him one time at one of our remote shows. We talked about it. All of a sudden, he was my insurance agent. 314-602-4055. 602-4055. You can find him online at thehealthinsuranceguy.net. thehealthinsuranceguy.net. And it's a really good idea to call him right now. Do not, under any circumstances, sign up for Obamacare. There's got to be a better option for you. Jordan has those options. He's an insurance broker. He's not an agent. He's an independent broker. No ties to any insurance company. Never any broker fees. That's a pretty nice deal. Licensed in 24 states, including Missouri and Illinois. He has major medical, life, dental, vision, cancer plans. Never heard of those before. Accident plans. And a lot of other specialty plans. And remember, as a broker, he'll sit down with you virtually if you don't want to come to the office. He can do it from your own home. And get your needs for insurance and marry it to your budget and go out and work your deal designed specifically for you to each insurance company and get you the best deal. He's not married to any insurance company. Doesn't matter if you're just an individual, if you have a family that needs health insurance, or a small business, he's helped small businesses save thousands and improved the quality of their coverage at the same time. That's hard to do. Jordan Krugman, if you have Medicare questions, he's the guy to ask as well. 314-602-4055, thehealthinsuranceguy.net, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Well, I hope you enjoyed the music that we played before the show because I think it's apropos for Election Day. Don't be the only person that is upset with what's going on in this country. Get out there and vote. It's the one time you can give the middle finger to Biden and have it matter. It's the one time you can tell all these liberals where to stick their bullcrap and have it matter. So vote. Vote your conscience, but also vote your pocketbook and your brain. And if you believe that this country, the way it is today, with the current leadership, is the way to go, I've got a shrink for you to visit. If you look at your 401k, and in fact, that's not a bad idea, actually. Take a look at your 401k. 
But don't just look at your 401k. Go grocery shopping this morning. Gas up your car. Pay all of your bills. Look at your 401k and then go vote. That's really the best way to do it. That way you don't even have to ask yourself the famous Ronald Reagan question. Are you better off today than you were four years ago? In this case, two years ago. You don't even have to ask yourself that. Just go grocery shopping, gas up your car, pay your bills, and look at your 401k. You'll have your answer. Now, if you think all of that, despite its colossal failure, is good for the country, then by all means, vote for Democrats. You belong in a rubber room, but go ahead. It's a good idea. But I don't think you'll find that to be the case myself. And if you believe the energy policy of no more drilling is a good idea. By the way, telling the oil companies to go and explore more and then tell them no more drilling sounds like now, just, just to me, I'm not a smart fellow, but those sound like two different things, don't they? Kind of like John Fetterman saying he's running on Roe versus Wade, but he happily celebrates the Roe versus Wade decision. He's a nutcase. He's a moron. But there will be people voting for him, if you can believe that. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636 538 we bring you the unvarnished truth supported by facts and evidence. It's the only way to go. I was taught that in journalism school. At the time, the greatest journalism school in the country, the University of Missouri in Columbia. Today, its journalism school is about on par with mainstream media. It's a liberal disaster. It's a liberal outpost that is training people and bending their minds to advocate for liberals and liberal causes. Journalism is not a position or an industry or a career of advocacy. It should be a career of getting at the truth and reporting the truth with sources, facts, and evidence to back it up. But it's not that today. So we have to fight. And we have to keep fighting if we care. If you don't care about your 401k, your grocery bill, your gas bill, your everyday bills, if you don't care about those, vote accordingly. Now, we all know, as we got excited about what we see coming, the red tsunami, as I call it. I don't call it a red wave. I've been predicting a tsunami for quite some time now. I know they're going to cheat. You can issue that caveat every single day if you want. We all know it. And the question has always been, and I've said it many times on our show, what will the Republicans do to be vigilant? What could we do? We could all volunteer at a place. We could all make this known publicly, what they're about to do, what they're trying to do. But what are the Republicans going to do? Let's kick our morning off with Cleo before we get into Harmeet Dillon. Good morning, Cleo. How are you? Good morning, Kevin. Looking forward to your show. It's going to be a good one. Especially with the, with the preamble you just gave there. You know, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with uh, Homie Hom- Dillon and her, her battery of lawyers. But don't forget, they got Mary Garland. They got liberal judges out there. Oh, liberal. yes, they do. They, they can do. nullify a lot of that. They have Mary Garland uh, send, trying to send lawyers into swing states. Now, 
the uh, Secretary of State of Missouri, John Ashcroft's son, told him to go pound salt. You're not coming in here. Wow, that's quite a quite a revelation. <laughs> yes, it is. But it's you know what the, the beauty of that is. Every state can do that because it's states that run the elections. It's not the federal government. But the rest of the states have to grow a set and actually tell them where to go. So what what he has done, and he's John Ashcroft as well, he's told the Cole County clerk up in the Jeff City area, they received an email from the DOJ on November 3rd requesting information about election officials and polling locations so their visits to each place could go smoothly. Ashcroft said it's inappropriate for federal agents to violate the law by intimidating Missouri voters at the polls on Election Day. Mm -hmm. Good for you, Secretary of State. So the Justice Department already took that stash. They're already trying to get their nose in. They're already trying to get their nose in, in mostly the swing states, but in a lot of other states too, because Missouri's not considered a swing state. But uh, Secretary of State Ashcroft is telling them, pound salt. He says they're trying to bully a hardworking county official. Well, that's a big story, man. Yes, it is. I, I agree it is. And you won't see it covered except on here. Our research assistant found that, um, and it's uh, it's amazing, isn't it, that, that he has stepped up and said no. No. In fact, they kept it a secret that they were going to try to come here until November 3rd. Well, I wonder what's happening in Arizona and Pennsylvania with that. I don't know the answer to that. Wow. That's, but that's but here's, what, uh, here, here's what he told them. Um, the DOJ will not be allowed inside the polls. They're allowed to observe within 25 yards of the door, but they will not be invited in. Missouri always runs a credible election, Ashcroft said, so first and foremost is we intend to carry on with that. Unofficial results are always out by 10 to 11.30 at night. Rarely, if ever, are those numbers ever changed. It's not like we count ballots for weeks. Carpe diem, John Ashcroft. Good for him. Wonderful. That's great news, but... uh... You know, I, I hope there's a red wave, but I, I still don't trust these people, these liberals, these Democrats, Mayor Donald, the FBI, all of them. Oh, I do the trust. I do trust them, Cleo. I trust them to do exactly what I think they're going to do. They're going to try to cheat as much as they can. You'll know where they're trying to cheat when the states, the particular states they're cheating in, delay the election results. Any state that you see that hasn't counted their votes by tonight at midnight is cheating. I know, yeah. Well, I've been telling you this for months, haven't I? Oh, yeah. We all can see it. And, and, if, and if, you, if you want to follow who's doing it, just follow yeah. those states, those states yeah. that aren't done counting. I love mm-hmm. the excuse that they don't count early voting until Election Day. There's no reason for that. There's no law that says that. There's no reason behind that except one. you got to know the number in order to cheat. <clears throat> Yeah, see what Jean Pierre has already said. It's going to take days. It's going oh to yeah, take a while. you'll hear her told say by that the here. President to say that. Yeah, you'll hear her say that here. Well, Biden's been going around saying, "Hey, you got to be patient." Since exactly. when? We never had to be patient for the last two hundred years. How come now? How come just recently, in the last few elections, do we have to be patient? There's no patience needed. Count the effing votes and get it done by midnight. Exactly. That's the way I feel about it. And one more thing, I understand you don't you don't play Rush Limbaugh. He foretold what might happen. Yes. I, I'm a, I got a suggestion for you. I think it might inspire people today. Play Paul Harvey's If I Were the Devil. Yeah, that's a great one. 
I'll, I'll play. Yeah. I'll play that tomorrow after we know what's going on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the great work you're doing. You're doing a lot for your country, Kevin. Thank you, Cleo. That means a lot to me. All right. Way to go. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye. 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 Now. You know, Cleo's going to get out there and vote. He might give him an earful. He just might give him an earful at these polling places. If he if he sees him cheating, I wouldn't want to be there. Wouldn't want to be there. But what do you say to John Ashcroft? Is that not a big carpe diem? I love it when someone tells this administration, this regime of crooks and criminals, to go F themselves. And the arrogance of that Department of Justice... States run their own elections. It's in the Constitution. But this regime has never cared about the Constitution, being so ignorant of the Constitution that they refer to us as a, as a democracy when we are a constitutional republic. Now, they'll try to explain to you the difference between disinformation and misinformation, but they don't know the difference between a democracy and a constitutional republic. But they believe they can run roughshod over everybody. We're the feds. Well, John Ashcroft told you, get the F out. You're not coming in. Up in that crooked outpost known as Pennsylvania, apparently they allow ballots until November 15th. (laughs) Not one ballot, not one ballot that's postmarked after today should ever be accepted. Not one. Pennsylvania is rapidly becoming the most corrupt state in the union. Sickening, isn't it? It's going to be hard for Dr. Oz to win up there. They'd rather elect a guy who's completely out of it in a comatose state virtually than a Republican. And you'll hear from Fetterman on this show today. You'll also hear from a doctor, a real one, Dr. Mark Siegel. Did you know, by the way, that Fetterman's doctor, the one he keeps claiming has cleared him, is a donor to Fetterman's campaign? So we'll hear from a real doctor who's not donating anything, Dr. Mark Siegel, and he'll analyze what he knows about stroke victims, and especially when the stroke has come from your heart, a blood clot that caused the stroke. Wait till you hear that news. You'll hear that here today. That's pretty scary. Trust me. It's very scary. Well, shall we get at it? Let's do it. Harmeet Dillon is the was the Republican uh, National Lawyers Association, and they have been waiting for this day for a long, long time and preparing for it. So they've done it mostly, I suppose, in silence because Ronna McDaniel, who runs the Republican National Committee, the niece of Mittens Romney, hasn't made it clear what they're doing. But now we know, thanks to Harmeet Dillon. Harmeet is happy to report their activities. I'm happy to report that Republicans are better poised than at any time in my lifetime to watch what's happening tomorrow and to take legal action quickly. In fact, we've already been doing that for the last couple of years. The Republican National Committee in this election cycle has deployed 38 paid election lawyer, senior lawyers in 19 states and another 50 more. And there are hundreds more Republican volunteers and paid staff of campaigns being organized. So every battleground state is saturated with lawyers. I'm here in Arizona, and you can't swing a cat without 
hitting a lawyer and we are here to make sure that everything is run according to the law not according to what democrats make up at the last minute but according to the law you can't swing a cat without hitting a lawyer (laughs) for the first time in my life that's good news that's good news she's in arizona and they're going right to the courthouse they're not waiting the minute they see something they're heading to the courthouse now, Cleo's right. There will be liberal judges, but the pressure is going to be on those judges this time because the Republicans are not messing around. They're not waiting. They're not going to, oh, let's have some hearings. These lawyers are going right to the courthouse, and they're in every swing state. They're in every state, period, but they're in every swing state in multitudes. I can only imagine how many they have in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, or Detroit, or Atlanta. It's going to be amazing. Now, it's unbelievable that very quietly we weren't aware of the work they've already been doing. Harmeet, how many lawsuits has your Republican National Lawyers Association already filed against cheating Democrats? The Republican National Committee has engaged in almost 80 lawsuits in this cycle. We've won a lot of these lawsuits. I filed many of these lawsuits in multiple states. And so we were under a consent decree for uh, the last 40 years almost that prevented Republican National Committee from engaging in election day operations. That lifted. And since we've been able to do it in the Virginia election last year and some other special elections, it's been a success. I'm very confident and voters should be very confident when they go to polls tomorrow that there are lawyers watching the results very carefully and prepared to run into court all over the country if necessary and not let Democrats get away with their efforts to misinform the public and interfere with the results of the election tomorrow. Carpe quadruple diem harmi Dillon. And you know what? She's so good at what she does. She does put my mind at ease. I have no doubt that we're keeping an eye on these people now. Thank God for Harmeet Dillon and her army of lawyers. Now, that would be a fun gig, working for her group, keeping an eye on these bastards, because you know they'll try. But they might not try as hard as they did last time. A, they know they're going to get their ass beat. But B, they know they're being scrutinized. They probably will let the dust settle for a while, won't cheat as much this time around. They'll wait for the presidential election when they really want to cheat thinking that if they can get the cheating done in 2024, getting a new president in, that the population will vote for a change in Congress as well. It's not a bad thought process. Charlie Hurt's going to tell you why that won't work, though, in a few minutes. But here's an independent pollster, Craig Kashizian. Do you think a red wave is coming? I think we're in the midst of a red surge, maybe not a wave, but certainly a surge that will punish Democrats in power and reward Republicans. But there is a caveat. Um, there is a sacred covenant between the great middle class and our government. And that is that if you keep our streets safe, keep our schools open and our way of life intact, we will send our children to far off battlefields to fight for you. Right. The Democrats broke that covenant, and they're going to pay a political price for it. Let's hope the Republicans do a lot better than that. 
How could they not? I mean, seriously. If you're put into office and you're trusted with a position of power now, how could you not do a better job? I mean, honestly. And if the Republicans don't do a better job, then they should never have power again. But I really believe that this country is not going to give power back to Democrats for a long, long time. They might sneak a president in here or there, but they're not going to have the power of the Congress in a long time. And so when you have congressional power in one party and a president in another party, you have gridlock. What does gridlock mean? It means they can't F us. In many cases, the best Congress is a Congress that does nothing. Because it seems to me when these incompetent bastards do something, it never helps us. Except when Trump was in, you got to give credit where credit's due. He was able to get a lot done. That helped us. I think as we get close to the election day, or as we were getting close to the election day, the last couple of days, when you heard these liberals speak, you heard the desperation, the abject lying that they were engaged in. And there was plenty of that. Plenty, plenty of that going on. Not only from Biden himself, but from Obama, who they trotted in, and from all of the rest of them. And there was a lot of them. But mostly listening to Biden and Obama, fearmonger is always my favorite. It's one of the most important elections in our lifetime. It's going to shape, the outcome's going to shape our country for decades to come. And the power to shape that outcome is in your hands. When true democracy goes away, people get hurt. It has real consequences. This is not an abstraction. Governments start telling you what books you can read and which ones you can't. Dissidents start getting locked up. Reporters start getting locked up if they're not towing the party line. Corruption reigns because there's no accountability. Is there a more ballsy liar than than elephant ears? I, I don't know that there is. Talking about reporters getting locked up, this is the guy who spied on James Rosen, who tapped James Rosen's phone. James Rosen was a reporter for Fox News at the time. Obama spied on him. Illegally wiretapped his phone. And he's talking about, man, if those Republicans get in, they're going to imprison reporters. This is nothing but fear-mongering, even if Obama hadn't already done just similar stuff. No evidence that Republicans have ever done anything of that nature. None other than Richard Nixon. And he really wasn't spying on anybody. He just broke in. And he didn't even do that. He just covered it up. But here's the fear-mongering going on. All the doom and gloom that's going to happen if these nasty Republicans get in. Here's what The Guardian wrote. That's another liberal rag. But imagine writing this. Here's their prediction. (laughs) If Republicans get power, judges will be assassinated. Democrats and moderate Republicans will be jailed on bogus charges. Black churches and synagogues bombed. Pedestrians will be picked off 
by snipers in city streets. <laughs> what have I always said? Liberals always go too far, right? So there's going to be snipers on city streets, in case you didn't know. And pedestrians, just pedestrians. We don't even know who they are. They're going to be picked off. And then after they pick off the pedestrians, they'll assassinate the judges. They'll jail the Democrats and moderate Republicans on lies. Black churches and synagogues are going to get bombed. I don't know that we've had a black church or a synagogue bombed in decades. Last time it happened, Democrats were in power. But imagine, and I'm going to play you Obama again, Biden and Obama. Here they are. Listen to this fear-mongering. One of the most important elections in our lifetime. It's going to shape, the outcome's going to shape our country for decades to come. And the power to shape that outcome is in your hands. When true democracy goes away, people get hurt. It has real consequences. This is not an abstraction. Governments start telling you what books you can read and which ones you can't. Dissidents start getting locked up. Reporters start getting locked up if they're not towing the party line. Corruption reigns because there's no accountability. Dissidents getting locked up? Is he talking about the current regime? Because as far as I know, there are dissidents that are locked up. Dissidents from January 6th protest are still locked up. Does Obama know this? Is he aware of it? Or is he just so arrogant and pompous and looks down his nose at you that you don't even recognize what's going on, that he can make some some kind of a foolhardy statement like that. Clearly the fear-mongering has reached an unbelievable level with the lies that Obama tells, and he tells them daily, every time he opens his mouth. Now the nuthead, O'Biden, has no idea what he's talking about. Do you notice how he starts shouting on different words? And it will shape, and the outcome is in your hands. You're damn right it is, and thank God it is. Ryan's up. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Kevin, how are you, young man? I'm doing well. Happy Election happy, Day. I was just going to say happy voting day. My uh, my oldest boy and I, my 20-year-old, uh, we already got out and voted. He was thrilled about getting up at 530 this morning, as most 20-year-olds are. <laughs> how was the line yeah. at, in the early hours? It actually was not bad. We I live in Baldwin, and uh, it was I was pleasantly surprised with uh, how easy we were able to get in and out. So uh, I guess you could take that both ways, right? A little concerning that maybe the turnout's not that good, but um, they did say that they were busier earlier. So yeah, I think uh, I think you'll find people voting when it suits their work schedule, and uh, yeah. I, I think the turnout's going to be heavy. So uh, it's interesting, and it's funny too. My my uh, my son made a comment where you're you're talking about Biden and his uh, uh, his pitch level, so to speak, on his voice. Well, my son got up this morning and he asked the question. He goes, "Dad, why is he always whispering?" And I <laughs> I said, "I said, what do you mean?" <laughs> well, sometimes he's yelling, so he, he's he yelling, alternates he's between. Whispering. I don't think wh- he knows what the hell he's doing. He alternates between whispering and yelling. He's so, not sure why he's, he's yelling. He's like he's like a Tourette's victim. He just shouts crap out. Well, Tourette's would be, I, I, you know, that is a perfect way to describe that nut job. Uh, so, and I, I heard a pundit, you, you were just speaking to this, and I heard a pundit the other day, uh, a liberal, speaking about, oh, well, these, these Republicans, they get in office, all they're going to do is is have investigations and try to impeach and, and bring, bring change. And I said, well, isn't that what we, the bullshit you just put us through for the last four or five years? 
and now you're complaining that that might come back on you? I don't, you know, turnabout's fair play, right? Well, they love to lie and they love to project what's going to happen while they're doing exactly that. So that you're, they're playing the classic hide the ball while you're looking over here. They're doing exactly what they're telling you is going on over there, but they're on the other side. I think, you know, and I, I don't know how you feel about this, King, but I would, I would question if the Republicans, how they might look if they do get in there and immediately just start this investigation and this committee and do things, because I, I hope it doesn't look like it's, um, you know, just we're just getting back at them without any real cause. Now, I know that the Democrats deserve to be looked at and investigated and different things. I just hope it's that most people out there can see it for what it is and it doesn't look like the Republicans are just trying to get back at them. I personally um, don't care what it looks like. Investigate every one of their cheating, lying, criminal asses. That's well, how I look I, at it. King, I bring it up, though, because we've said this. I've said it to you before. We cannot take back what we might take back today and then lose it again in two years. It just that's got to stop. When you, put these people, are gonna do when you put these people in jail, that's the only thing people are going to learn from. They have to go to jail. Otherwise, it will continue forever. Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I, I just, again, I, I, I'm happy about today. I hope it turns out the way that we're, that we're looking at. And, uh, Lord knows I can't wait to see how the, how Biden and Dumbama and all these guys try to spin it afterwards. Um, I know that, you know, yesterday joyless Reed made the comment that, uh, it's basically Republicans that vote us that vote Republicans are basically like Nazis. Sure we are. And, you know, pretty soon we're uh, going to be proud. You know, here, yeah, here's well, here, here's how here's how they'll they'll understand the severity of their lies when they get their ass blown out. They're going to finally, hopefully, wake up and realize that sending Obama and Bill Clinton out to speak on their behalf doesn't do anything for them. Bill Clinton and Obama were good at one thing: getting themselves elected. Neither has ever had any success whatsoever with people they've endorsed. They are, they are so jealous of Donald Trump's endorsement record, it's not even funny. And they believe they can come out and tell their lies and get people to vote for the people that they endorse. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened once in either one of their careers. Nope, you're 100% right. Well, King, I am actually going to get on a plane here in a couple hours, and I am heading to Salt Lake City, Utah. So it'll be interested to see uh, what the tone is out there as well. Uh, but uh, enjoy the show. I'll be listening from out there the rest of the week, buddy. I will do it, uh, Ryan. We appreciate it. Safe travels. And don't uh, don't taste the water in the lake. It's uh, salty, I hear. See you, boss. Bye. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have gotten up early to go vote. I don't know what time the polls opened. I guess if he was up at 530, they must have opened at 6. But uh, I would assume that's generally the way it is. But each state has its own rules. That's the beauty of states running their own elections. But uh, the great Michael Moore, who's better known for his obesity than he is for any movie he's ever made, but it doesn't stop him from running his illiterate mouth. And now he thinks the American people have been treated as if they're dummies. The American people, they're treated like they're, we're all, they're a bunch of dummies. They're not idiots. Okay, now granted, there's 330 million people in the country, maybe a good 80 to 90 million aren't very bright. No offense to those of you watching who aren't bright, but that's, you know, you're watching MSNBC, so I'm making an assumption that you're, that you know what's going on. 
People that watch Joy Reid and Tiffany Cross and Chris O'Donnell and Joe Scarborough and Micah Brzezinski, those are the people that know what's going on in Michael Moore's demented mind. Those are the smart ones. <laughs> Good morning. You're on the Window World Kings Court. How are you? I'm doing all right by yourself. Good. What's your name? Kevin. Kevin. Nice to meet you, Kevin. How are you? I'm uh, doing well. Thank you. What's on your mind? Well, I just got back from the polls. How was your line? Was it long? Well, I live in northeast Missouri, and um, I would say from the time I got out of my car to the time I submitted my ballot, maybe 20 minutes max. Is that typical for you when you vote on Election Day? For the most part, yes. Um, I you know, And so uh, the only thing I don't like about where I'm at as far as geographical locations are concerned is that the local races are mostly run on the post. Interesting. Is yeah, it, is it you mostly- know, like circuit judge and all that. And there was some questions on the ballot today that I really didn't know what to do with. Like, you know, there was a section on there saying, shall judge so-and-so on Missouri Supreme Court be retained? I'm like, an average person doesn't deal with the Supreme Court usually. No, but the answer I advocate is always no. Don't, yeah, we don't retain I kinda, any of them. I did that as well because I didn't know who they were, but I figured if they're if they're judges, probably not. Yeah, and if they've been look, every one of them has been there a long time. So I always say no on any judge question. I just vote no. Yeah, well, you have more experience than I do with that. So I do uh, have experience. You know, with that's them always and, good rule to follow. And I do know a, a lot of how of, of them and how they operate. And I vote no. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. But I was listening to what you were saying earlier about um, the Democrats worrying about you know books being banned and all that. Now, if that's true, I should be able to go into my daughter's high school's library and find the Bible. Good point. You think you can find the Bible in there? I seriously doubt it. I don't doubt it. I'm going to tell you, you will not find it. And it was, and it was just. You know what you might find though? You might find Mein Kampf, but you won't oh, find the Bible. Absolutely. And like I said, I live in a rural town in northeastern Missouri, and uh, you know, it's just one of those things that you really think that you would have a lot of, um, you know not really worried about censorship or anything like that. But like I said, I probably won't be able to find the Bible in my daughter's high school library. But what you will find are books of perversion, trying to change your daughter into what she's not and trying to encourage her to be a sexually perverted human being. You'll find those books. Oh, absolutely. That's amazing. Oh, absolutely. I don't doubt that one bit. It's amazing. And so when a responsible person steps in like Ron DeSantis did in Florida and says, these books will not be in our public schools, He's considered Hitler-esque. You heard Obama, ban books. They're going to ban books. Nobody bans books. What we do is we protect our children from things they're not ready for. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I uh, suppose I suppose it, the people, Kevin, that advocate for those books to be in our high school and junior high school and grade school libraries would invite their young children, their 5-year-old, their 10-year-old, to sit down for an evening of porn watching with them. Because that's what it is. So that's what they should ask those parents. Would you sit down with your 10-year-old and watch a night of porn on TV? Because if you wouldn't, then you don't want these books. Yeah, absolutely. I was reading on Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook or Ballpark Village is, uh, you know, going to hold some sort of a drag show. And I hope, I hope to heaven said it's for the adults only. 
Well, I don't even know why they would hold it, period. But, yeah, it better be for adults only. But my guess is it won't be. My guess is they'll invite the children. That's what they've been doing all over the country. Absolutely. And I know you got a lot of people that want to talk to you. I don't have a whole lot of time, but I do want to tell you something funny. I was watching TV the other night, and uh, the Senate campaign after the Democrat Senate candidate comes on, and they were talking about how Eric Schmidt does this, that, and the other. And they were talking about this libertarian candidate, which I've never heard of before, wants to reduce the size of government and reduce spending. I'm thinking in the back of my mind, okay, the problem with that is what? Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you hear me? Yeah, you said the problem with that is what? Well, here's the thing is that, you know, they were, but the Democrat can, uh, Senate candidate was saying that there was, you know, that the libertarian candidate wants to reduce spending and cut or reduce or lower the or reduce the size of government and, uh, and also reduce spending. Yeah. I'm thinking the problem with that is what? Oh, I get you. Yeah. You're saying what, what, what's the problem? That sounds like you a know? pretty good policy idea to me, too. So that if, to me, that to me does not sound like a winning campaign strategy. Saying, "Boy, vote for me. We'll get. We'll spend all your money, and we'll uh, inflate the government to unbelievable numbers." Well, that's not. Now, wait a minute. I'm confused here. You're saying the libertarian candidate says, "Don't do that." Right. Yeah. So that is a winning campaign strategy. No, no, no I was talking about the Democrat saying that. All right, you've lost me. What's yeah. what's the Democrats? No. What, what's what's Trudy Bush Valentine okay. saying? No, the campaign, the commercial was saying that the libertarian candidate wanted to reduce spending oh, and reduce the size of government. The, that was the Democrats. Ad. And, and what I was trying to say was, I don't think if you're any political party, much less the Democrats, that you would actually admit to, hey, vote for me and we'll go ahead and spend all of your money right. and inflate the government. Right. But they do. You know, and they brazenly do that. And they really believe that the dummies out there will accept that. And guess what happens? I, a lot of the dummies do. I understand that. Have, and, you, ever, you, know, have you ever voted, if, if you can recall, based on a campaign ad that you've seen? I never have. Never. I do my research. Right. I, you know, I, no, I'm with you. I do the same thing. Did we lose you? Kevin. Well, we must have, if he's out in the rural area, what happened there was the liberals started to hear that conversation, and that was enough for them. They couldn't deal with it. They had to get rid of it fast. Fast. But the amazing part, as I was talking about earlier, Obama being trotted out there to try to secure these seats, in the last eight years, in his, or I should say in his eight years as president, he lost 1,350 federal, state, and local seats. 1,350. And when Donald Trump says drain the swamp, he doesn't just mean drain the criminals. He means drain the absurd number of never elected government bureaucrats that make decisions in our country every single day. Every single day. There's over 100 countries that have fewer people than our federal employee population. How about that? All right, Kevin, we've got you back. Hey, I'm sorry about that. I must have uh, made somebody mad. Oh, yeah, I just said it's probably the Democrats figured out what our conversation was about, and they didn't like it. Well, that's true. Um, But, no, but as I was saying is that I did make one mistake, and I admit to this, is that I made or I was eligible to vote for the very first time was the – 
primaries of 1988, which is probably the last time we actually had a true election night uh, where we knew who the president was, who our governor was, who our representatives were that night instead of a month later. My late, um, but my late father was a hardcore UAW guy. He worked at the uh, Corvette plant in St. Louis before they moved to Kentucky. And he would always say, son, when the Democrats are in charge, we always had enough to eat. And that may have been true back in the 80s, but it's definitely not true today. Just the opposite today. When the Republicans are in charge, we have enough to eat. When we make enough money to, to eat. When the Democrats are in charge, inflation eats every paycheck up and then spits it out. So I made that mistake of, of listening to that particular piece of uh, parental advice, and I voted Democrat the entire way down the line, which, oddly enough, was the last time I voted Democrat. <laughs> I understand. So, I, uh, I, I grew up in a Democrat family for the most part, but they were old-fashioned Democrats, my grandma, grandpa, my mom, but my dad was not. But mm. um, So in those days, it was you were torn, especially at the local level, because you knew some of the people. They were parents of friends of mine but that is true but now uh, that's not the case and even and now those sons and daughters of those people that were old-fashioned democrats tell me all the time i wouldn't vote democrat to save my life and they were raised democrats yeah, yeah. um i mean that's true but anyway i know that you got a lot of people that want to talk to you i just wanted to you know implore people to to go out and vote don't be lazy you know if you have the ability and you're in your local area Go out and vote. It doesn't take very long. It doesn't hurt anything. And just make your voice heard, no matter what it is. Well, you definitely have the ability to do it. And if, you, if you're if you an elderly person and you need a ride, communicate that to people that live around you, and they'll give you a ride to the polling place. Well, I'm talking about if you're, like, overseas and serving military or whatever, and you have to do an absentee ballot. But other well, than that, there yeah, should be no reason that. for absentee ballots whatsoever no absentee ballots are fine because they require voter id that you have to actually be the person that you say you are it's this mail-in balloting that isn't that way but fortunately different states have enacted voter id laws you know the jim crow 2.0 laws yep all right then well god bless you kevin and uh i'll be continuing to be listening thank you kevin we appreciate it say hi to everybody in northeast missouri and spread the good word will do talk to you later thank you bye-bye now all right bye we're reaching out everywhere, folks, everywhere, every corner, every nook and cranny. They're starting to pay attention to this show. And why wouldn't they? We're the only ones who will expose Amy Klobuchar, the demented, frozen brain senator from Minnesota, who now says, as the election approaches, Russia, Russia's the one that's going to interfere with this election. Russia. We've never heard this before, have we? I've been very clear in expressing my concerns about this, and it actually goes beyond Twitter. Today there are reports um, that, in fact, Russian bots, news reports, uh, have come back, outside interference coming back. To me, the solutions are these, and it is, again, for all of these platforms. Number one, do something about misinformation. We've got to, they can't shield themselves when they're actually making money off of spreading misinformation about elections. You mean like you, people like you, spreading misinformation and disinformation, and the Russians are coming. Biden sees dead people. She sees Russians. The Russians are everywhere. Can you imagine she wakes up in the middle of that? My God, they're on the ceiling. They're walking on my walls. The Russians are everywhere. Russia, Russia, Russia. Does she know how stupid she sounds? 
that after all the Russian bullshit of the last six years, everybody knows it's all a, a crock of crap. Sure, the Russians try to meddle in our elections. They've been doing it since the dawn of time. We meddle in theirs. So what? There's absolutely zero evidence in the history of our elections that Russians have ever altered the outcome. There's tons of evidence that says the Democrats have. But she's worried about the Russians. She's got Moscow on the brain. That's her problem. And the CNN boneheads decide, we'll explain to you the difference between misinformation and disinformation. Potato, potato. And this is where there's a really important distinction between misinformation and disinformation. Misinformation is, you know, people might share false information mistakenly by accident. Uh, Disinformation is false information that is created to deceive. Disinformation is deliberate. One of the most sort of sad phenomena is in 2016, most of that disinformation came from outside the country. Now, sadly, a lot of it comes uh, deliberately from inside this country. Oh, sadly, it's coming from inside the country. Who are they? Is it Donald Trump? It must be. Is it Cash Patel? Has to be. Devin Nunes. It couldn't possibly be Adam Schiff, a career liar. Pelosi, a career liar. She's going on TV now attempting to convince you that she's breaking down emotionally and crying over Paul Pelosi being attacked. Keep in mind, while we'll never know the true extent of his injuries, because I don't believe a word they tell me, when the police report says he answered the door for the police and then went back to the skirmish. Does that sound plausible to you? Either the police are telling a whopper or this whole thing was a setup. For what reason, I don't know, other than to sort of blame Republicans for the political violence they're causing. Talk about a last-second Hail Mary. Even Mary's embarrassed. She doesn't mind Roger Staubach throwing deep to Drew Pearson on the last second of the playoff game. That was when the Hail Mary was born. But she certainly minds Pelosi throwing a Hail Mary like this, using her husband and claiming he was injured severely. Was he? I don't know. He might have been. But that doesn't jive with the police report. So something's missing. It's always missing when the Democrats are involved, right? It's usually the truth that's missing. Something's missing in that story. Guarantee you. We could go through it ad nauseum. There's so many holes in it, the lack of security for what was before the most secure home in the country, other than the White House. Nobody knew what was going on. Some goofy dude got in their house with a hammer, got in their gated community, got in their protected house with a hammer, launched into an attack saying, where's Nancy? And paused while Paul went and answered the door. That's what most attackers do, don't they? Somebody breaks into your house, they've got a gun or a hammer or a knife, and you struggle with them and the doorbell rings and you say, can you hold on a second? And they say, sure, go get the door. It's probably the police. Well, that's what they expect you to believe happened in the Pelosi home. So there's your difference between misinformation and disinformation. We thank CNN and their boneheads for explaining it by way of lying. Now, Biden, do Republicans stiff the middle class? Because that's what's at stake here. The middle class gets stiffed. The poor get poor under their policy. You saw what happened 
last time under my predecessor. The economy was in ruins. He lost manufacturing jobs and hundreds of small businesses here in the state and 100,000 nationwide. Nationwide. And 100,000 nationwide. Small businesses. Every word of that was a lie. Median income hit record highs in 2019 before the pandemic. Record high. That's the middle class, median income. The GDP growth for all of the G7 countries in 2019, President Trump was president. United States was number one. Now we're number six. Number six. So those are more lies from the bumbling idiot who nearly fell off the stage, but heels up Harris, caught him. Let him go. I I thought for a moment she was going to push him because, after all, she's president. If he breaks his neck or suffers any kind of mental incapacity, she would be president. Don't put it past her. Now, they trot out Obama to tell you those lies about dissidents being put in jail when he was spying, and reporters being put in jail when he was spying on reporters himself, when dissidents are in jail today, political prisoners. Then they trot out this old relic, this bag of bones, Bill Clinton. So while he's not doinking underage girls on the Lolita Express or interns at the White House, he's making fun of severe crime, heinous attacks on the New York subways. He thinks it's funny. Lee Selden, she makes it, he makes it sound like Kathy Hochul gets up every morning, goes to the nearest subway stop, and hands out billy clubs and baseball bats so everybody gets on the subway. Doesn't he? While he... First of all, Lee Zeldin is a male because you got confused there. He's not a 10-year-old girl that usually falls into your purview. But to suggest that Lee Zeldin is trying to convince people that Kathy Hockiel goes to the subway stations and hands out billy clubs and baseball bats, she doesn't have to. They already have them. They already have the weapons of choice in order to do crime on the subways. In the time Bill Clinton made that statement to the end of the day, six, at least six, were attacked during a violent day in the New York City subway system. Six riders were either stabbed or beaten, including a good Samaritan who was simply coming to the aid of a woman who was being harassed on a train in the Bronx. But Bill Clinton thinks it's funny. Telling the world that these people are tone deaf is sort of an insult, really. It's an insult to your intelligence because they're way beyond tone deaf. They passed tone deaf back in 1900. And then, of course, James Clyburn, the racially bigoted black man from South Carolina who got Biden in in the first place and now claims that the Nazi Republicans are goose-stepping everywhere and the end of democracy as we know it is upon us. He says democracy's over today, democracy's finished, but we'll survive. Democracy will be ended. The world will continue to exist. The world was here before Hitler. The world was here after Hitler. That's what we're saying. 
No, the world will not end. The kind of world we have, the kind of country we have, we've got to decide how do we want to exist in this world. And that's what we're talking about. Thank gosh, I thought the country was going to end. But it's not. James Clyburn said it wasn't. But democracy is, he said. So I'm going to have an end of democracy party. You can wear Uncle Sam costumes. Because we're going to have an end of democracy party that believe, and we'll have, you can dress yourself as the Constitution. Because we are a constitutional republic. So my end of democracy party is in honor of James Clyburn, the single digit IQ moron who represents some district in South Carolina. Hitler. He said it depends on what country you want. Yeah, it sure does. We're happy that your version of the country is over. We are doing dances, cartwheels, whatever it is we can physically do to show unrestrained joy and happiness that your reign of terror is over. What an asshat Clyburn is. Another one who would wear a robe if there were a black clan. He's one of them. Blake Masters is running for the Senate against the astronaut out there in Arizona. And I guess the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband was his fault, as the libs continue to lie about everything. They have to lie, right? They lie. They blame the Paul Pelosi attack on Republicans. Obama came to campaign in Arizona to try to reinvigorate Mark Kelly and Katie Hobbs's sad campaign. And when Obama came here, he blamed this attack on me. He said it's Republicans' violent rhetoric that's causing this. I'm sorry. All I'm calling for is a secure border. And can we fund the police instead of defund them? Can we have schools that actually work? You'd think those would be simple questions. Can we just have this? But the Pelosi attack is Blake Masters' fault. That's what Obama told Arizonans. (laughs) Fear-mongering. I've been telling you this for years. I'm no genius. It's just obvious that's how they operate. Create fear, tell you who's to blame for it, and tell you who will solve it. Charlie Hurt, the Washington Examiner, is fed up with the lying he understands, as we all do, that politicians lie for a living, all of them, Republicans, Democrats, but that Democrats have caused so much damage to their brand that they won't be repaired for a generation. And I agree. What is so alarming, what's so astounding about this is to listen to the Biden administration and to listen to these Democrats lie to people's faces and tell them what they know is going on in their own personal lives is not going on. It's it not only does it belittle those people, but it also completely destroys their credibility. And I agree with you. I think this is a great realignment, but I think it's even more than this. I think that what Joe Biden is doing to the Democrat Party right now and what Democrats are doing to that party right now is a generational damage that could take 10 years, could take decades for them to recover because nobody believes what they're saying anymore. Carpe diem, Charlie Hurt. I said before, it'll be a long time before anyone entrusts the Democrats with power. They've lied to your face. They've told you that what you're experiencing in your life economically that they've caused isn't happening. In fact, you dumbasses, you're doing well. You're doing great. That's what they keep saying. 
Now, even the dumbest of liberals understands he or she is not doing great. However, some of them will still vote for these people. (laughs) The retard level is at its highest ever. Let me tell you how arrogant and ballsy these people are and how they truly show that they do not care about you. They don't give a shit about you. And if you think they do, you're nuts. You belong in a nut house right next to Biden if you think they give a damn about you. And Sean Maloney, who's an actual congressman from New York, decided, you know what, I'm going to let them all know I don't give a shit about them. Here's a reporter asking him what he's going to do regarding inflation. But his answer is the best. Uh, what have you done and what do you plan to do to help solve uh, our inflation problem? Yeah, well, I grew up in a family where, you know, if the if the gas price went up, the food budget went down. So by this time of the week, we'd be eating Chef Boyardee if, if that budget wasn't going to change, right? So that's what families have to do. Eat Chef Boyardee. So, yeah, I've caused you to not have any money to buy real food. So eat some SpaghettiOs and shut up. That's what I did. What families will have to do, that's what he said. I want you to hear this guy again. This is the Democrat mantra. Uh, What have you done and what do you plan to do to help solve uh, our inflation problem? Yeah, well, I grew up in a family where, you know, if the the gas price went up, the food budget went down. So by this time of the week, we'd be eating Chef Boyardee if if that budget wasn't going to change, right? So that's what families have to do. That's what families have to do. Huh. Eat Chef Boyardee and then shut up about it. We don't want to hear any more from you. <laughs> this is how brazenly arrogant they are. They don't. They apparently just don't care what you think. They really don't care about you, but they don't even care what you think. Hillary Rosen is a Democrat, a proud Democrat. She's a commentator. On CNN. So based on those credentials, you think she's a complete imbecile too. But she's one of the Democrats that actually gets it. She knows it's going to be a bad night. I'm a loyal Democrat, but I am not happy. I just think that we are, you know, we did not listen to voters in this election. And I think we're going to have a bad night. When voters tell you over and over and over again that they care mostly about the economy, listen to them. Stop talking about democracy being at stake. Carpe diem to Hillary Rosen. Yeah. Stop talking about democracy being at stake, Bill Maher. Should we vote? And how should we vote, Billy Boy? You should vote. And it should be for the one party that still stands for democracy preservation. This is how it happens. Hitler was elected. So was Mussolini. Putin, Erdogan, Viktor Orban. This is the it can't happen to us moment. Well, which Hitler or Mussolini is on the ballot this time around? Can you tell us? Because we know that O'Biden and Obama were elected, so your comparisons to Hitler and Mussolini are valid. Those kinds of people can get elected in this country. We're not saying that O'Biden was actually elected, but he's in the office. But Obama was elected twice. He was nothing but a communist dictator. He believes in spying on reporters. He believes in dissidents being put in jail. So does Biden. So, Bill Maher, you're right. 
It can happen here. It has already happened here. And leaving these people in power will assure that it will happen ad nauseum forever. It's really a scary proposition, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Hillary Rosen, what about democracy being at stake? Democracy is at stake because people are fighting so much about what elections mean. I mean, voters have told us what they wanted to hear, and I don't think Democrats have really delivered uh, I, this. I, I, no, they haven't delivered. She's right. She keeps pounding away at that. Now, Van Jones is also a CNN commentator. He isn't stupid, apparently, at least on this issue. He gets it. Democrats had a moment where they lost their minds, and now they're paying the price. There was a moment where it felt like, hey, maybe we could talk about abortion and democracy. Turns out that was fool's gold. Uh, when people are sitting on a white-hot stove of economic pain, they want to know what you're going to do for them. Crazy people. We want to know what you're going to do for us to alleviate the pain that you caused. Seems like a simple request. Okay, you torched my house and burned it down. What are you going to do about it? Is that an abnormal question? You ran your car into my car. What are you going to do about it? Is that a crazy observation? You destroyed the country economically. What are you going to do to fix it? And they don't, they, their answer is abortion, baby. That's their answer to everything. Abortion. We're going to kill more babies. Now, maybe their theory is that in order to make sure that the future generations of Americans don't suffer like we have, they'll just kill them. So there won't be a future generation. Kill as many as you can before they're actually born. And if you don't like that philosophy, we'll just cheat. It took two weeks to, to call every state. In modern elections, more and more ballots are being cast in early voting and also by mail. And many states don't start counting those ballots until after the ballots, uh, after, pardon me, after the polls close on November 8th. So you heard the president say this the other night. He has been very clear on this as well. We may not know all the winners of elections for a few days. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. That's how the, that's how this is supposed to work. She always says that Biden's been very clear on this. Biden hasn't been very clear on anything. Okay? Just so you know. But do you, don't you love her? actually reading word for word with conviction that somehow it's normal that ballots aren't counted when they've come in early, that somehow it's normal that it will take days before the winner is decided in all of the swing states. She read that with conviction. The question some reporter should have asked her afterwards is this. Why aren't ballots that are mailed in early counted early? Why do states wait? Have you asked them about that, Karine Jean-Pierre? You run around and put your little mug on every talk show and political show in the country that you can get your face on. Why don't you take a few minutes and canvas the states and ask them why they wait to count early ballots? 
And the reason you won't make those calls is because you already know the answer. And the answer is, it's harder to cheat if you count them early and and release it. And it's easy to cheat if nobody knows how many there are. This is not a recent phenomenon. This is how Democrats do business. I want someone to give me a reason why states wait to count early ballots. Give me your reason. Can you think of any reason other than one? There isn't any. There's only one. Cheating. And now we've got the meathead, Rob Reiner, running around thinking that he speaks for all of the liberal fruitcakes in the country, and maybe he does because he's so far gone. And like many of these idiots, Republicans are going to kill people if they get in. You know, there's no fear-mongering done by these people, right? Republicans will kill people. Remember what the uh, Guardian wrote? We're going to have snipers knocking off pedestrians in the streets. The other side, reality doesn't mean anything. They're only interested in power, and they're only interested in, and they'll do anything to get the power. They're willing to kill, literally kill, to get the power. You can't have a conversation with them. The only thing we can do is try to hold on to the House Add a couple of Senate seats. It's going to be very hard. But if we don't do that, this might be the last election we have in a, in a democratic uh, democracy. In a democracy. Archie, you are a meathead. <laughs> a meathead, dead from the neck up. Meathead. All Republicans are interested in is power, and they'll do anything to get it, including kill people. No one's been killed, of course, but including kill people. This will be the last election we have as a democracy. We're not a democracy, stupid ass. I love liberals like Reiner, who really played himself on All in the Family. A demented liberal who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. So stupid and so illiterate in his arrogance that he thinks we live in a democracy. Kevin O'Leary, the billionaire from Shark Tank, for one, is happy that there'll be gridlock, and he looks forward to the red surge. We are going to get a major shift in terms of policy. And when I when I say that, this happens all the time. This movie we've seen before. The incumbent, regardless of what party they're in, always loses seats in the House. But what I'm really excited about is what's occurring in the Senate right now. Um, I think the Senate's going to flip, too. And that will lead to what we desperately need in this country— Total gridlock. No more bills. No more spending. No more taxes. No more anything for the next two years to give us a chance to breathe, to let this economy come out from under all these horrific policy mistakes and all this inflation we inflicted on ourselves by printing $6.7 trillion. There'll be no more printing anything. And this is a chance for small business and the American entrepreneur to take back the economy and make things blossom again. I'm very bullish about what's going to happen tomorrow. I think this is a wonderful outcome, and it's what we exactly have to have. Too much government, too much spending, enough already. I think everybody's frustrated on both sides of the aisles, and shutting down Washington is exactly what's going to happen at midnight tomorrow. Fantastic. (laughs) Now he said no more printing anything. In other words, don't even print a comic book up there because you people are insane. 
I would disagree with him on one thing. There are going to be some things done. For instance, this Inflation Reduction Act that reduces nothing except your pocketbook will be altered dramatically because the funding that's needed to fund that bill through the years has to come from Congress, and Congress will not vote to fund it. So you won't have those 87,000 IRS agents breathing down your neck. That's not going to happen thanks to the way this red wave is going to go, this tsunami. The money for the and this executive order of his declaring that he can wave a magic wand and give money to student loan debt, that's not going to happen either. So there are good things that are going to be, happen, but only because they're going to be reversed. Now, if we get enough senators, and I doubt that we will, but if we could get 60, we could override any veto he would make. But that won't happen. Tina Forte is running for Congress in the district held by Sandy Cortez in New York, the bartender. Now, Tina Forte, as you listen to her, you will understand she is a girl from the neighborhood. She's a girl from the hood, from the Bronx. She's grown up New York through and through. And she understands that the bartender needs to get back to bartending. They came from socialism. They don't want it. They know what it's about. They're disgusted. And what's going on with the crime out of control? AOC wrote that letter a few years ago stating that police in our subways is racist. Look at our subways. Look at the subways. They don't want that. They have to close their businesses early. They came here for the American dream, and the American dream is being ripped from everyone in the 14 district. Even across the country, we're, we're being controlled by, the, you have the Democrats, the House, Senate, and the presidency. They're destroying our country, but the 14th district is really taking a very hard hit because of AOC. Well, now how smart are the people in that 14th district? If they're taking the hard hit, as Tina Forte describes, then they will vote against Sandy Cortez. George Soros and his machine, of course, are alive and well in that district to ensure that Cortez is reelected. So Tina Forte is going to have to battle the kind of battle that Andrew Jones is fighting here in Missouri against Cory Bush. Now you listen to people in the first district of Missouri say that they hate Cory Bush. Everybody wants her out. Black people, white people, they want her out. And yet she doesn't get booted out. I, for one, am praying for Andrew Jones for the first district of Missouri because that will help a great deal. The people who've been underrepresented there for over 50 years, first from William Lacey Clay, now through Cory Bush, will actually have a chance to breathe, as Kevin O'Leary described. And yet, all they see is abortion. Let me give you the brief history again. Margaret Sanger founded these Planned Parenthood clinics in black neighborhoods because she wanted to exterminate the black race. She was a racist from the get-go. And who dies more in abortions? Black babies. When you hear someone like Kanye West tell you that more black babies were killed in New York City than were born, that tells you all you need to know.
So what do these liberals keep talking about? Roe versus Wade and abortion. Here's uh, heels up Horace, who knows a little bit about being a whore, talking to an audience for Black Entertainment Tonight and a one-hour special, talking to an entirely black audience, a population segment that was targeted by Margaret Sanger for extinction through abortion, heels up Harris, tells them all that, hey, we'll protect your abortion rights. One does not need to abandon their faith or deeply held beliefs to agree. The government should not be telling her what to do with her body. When people start coming for at someone and to take away their rights, we're all vulnerable. It'll just be a minute before they come for some of your rights. So let's not let this train leave the station. It was just a minute ago, it seems, that you came for our rights. You and your boss came for our rights, what to do with our bodies. You not only insisted on us taking an experimental drug, but you fired people who refused. You kicked people out of the armed services who refused. You got doctors and nurses fired who refused. So, yeah, you're right. It'll only be a minute before people like you, Harris, will come for our rights. I agree with that. She says it doesn't mean that you've abandoned your faith if you're pro-abortion. Yes, it does. If you're a Catholic, if you're a Christian, it means you've abandoned your faith. Yes, it does. And the fear-mongering, oh, they're coming for your rights. You don't have a right to abortion. Do you understand this concept, you moron? There is no legal right to abortion nationally. Different states allow it. Others don't. She talks about it as if it was in the Bill of Rights. You will have the right to an abortion. Your rights are enumerated in the Bill of Rights. Just so you're up to speed, Madam Vice President, there are ten of them. The first ten amendments to the Constitution constitute the Bill of Rights. I know you don't know that because you think we live in a democracy. My guess is Harris has never read the Bill of Rights. Because had she read them and gone forward with a statement like that, that abortion is somehow akin to all of the other rights in the Bill of Rights, would render her relentlessly stupid. Now, we know that she's on the border of that. Maybe she's crossed over. Here's how bad these people are. Saturday Night Live, which hasn't been funny since Chevy Chase left the show, completely abandoned any pretense of comedy on Saturday night by dressing some lunatic woman up in a plaid shirt and a hat to promote abortion. Gas prices are up and families are really hurting. But that's not going to magically disappear no matter who you vote for. But what will keep disappearing is safe access to abortion. I hope to hell everyone votes. We all love someone who's had an abortion. Now, this was supposed to be funny in their world. There's nothing funny about it. They're now doing PSAs on what's supposed to be a comedy show for promoting abortion. 
We all love someone who's had an abortion. Do we? I love it when they speak for all of us. Just so she understands, there is no killing off any right to a safe abortion. If you live in a state that allows it, go ahead. If you live in a state that doesn't allow it, you can't do it. Pretty simple. I'm going to guess that New York State has different laws in their state than we have in Missouri. Now, does that mean in Missouri I should yell and scream that, hey, If in New York on the expressway you can go 75, but we can only go 65, I'm going to go 75. Because New York says I can. Of course, you don't live in New York. So stop being an ass. There is no national speed limit that I'm aware of in rural communities or in neighborhoods. But in New York, it might be a little faster than it is here or vice versa. How can that be? And shouldn't we get what New York wants or they get what we want? No, because that's the state's authority. Nancy Pelosi decided to come out a couple of days before the election, do her best to try to generate some fake tears over her husband's supposed attack and tell us all that it was just so brutal she had to pause almost to cry. But, of course, there were no tears. She wanted to look like it was going to be a cry, but there were no tears. You know what happens when I feel like crying? When something happens to me that's emotional, I actually cry. And anyone who's cried over an emotional happening in their life understands that you don't actually get to choose whether you cry or not. It overwhelms you. Try to stop crying sometime when your body is telling you to cry. See if it works. So Anderson Cooper sits down with her. And asks a, asks a question, and then after her answer, repeats the question. This is what a probing journalist he is. Have you looked ahead and, I mean, have you made a decision in your mind, whatever that decision might be? Well, I have to say my decision will be affected about what happened the last week or two. Will, it be, will your decision be impacted by the attack in any way? Yes. It will? Mm-hmm. Yes. He asked the same question twice. (laughs) Oh, so, so earth shattering. So what all happened there, uh, Nanner? You were in Washington. Hubby Paul was home in San Francisco. How did it go down? I'm thinking my children, my grandchildren. I never thought it would be Paul because, you know, I knew he wouldn't be out and about, shall we say. You knew he wouldn't be out and about. The guy just got a DWI not long ago. What do you mean you didn't know he'd be out and about? You left. I guarantee you he's out and about. Can you imagine that? Look, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what took place in that house. I only know what the police said. That's all any of us know. And we don't know enough about that because the corrupt prosecuting attorney in San Francisco refuses to release the body cam footage. So we don't know. We don't know about Fetterman's medical capacity or incapacity because he won't release his medical records. And he has continually cited a doctor 
who was a donor to his campaign as giving him a green light. Mark Siegel is a real doctor. He doesn't have a, a horse in this race. But he's very concerned about Fetterman's, not his brain, his heart. But you know what we haven't talked about? We haven't talked about his heart. And there's a lot of info about his heart that's very concerning. 2017, his, a real cardiologist saw him, Dr. Ramesh Chandra in Pittsburgh, who said his legs were swollen and his heart was weak. And he put him on medication. And you know what Fetterman did? He didn't show up to another doctor for five years. And he didn't take that medication, which we all would, doctors would all be horrified at. Instead, he had the stroke. And then he went back and saw Dr. Chandra again. And Dr. Chandra got involved and they put a pacemaker in and a defibrillator in. And Fetterman himself has said that his stroke was due to a blood clot from the heart. Because a study out of a journal called Stroke, very prominent journal looking at over 6,000 people from Great Britain, have found that if your blood clot comes from the heart, more than a 60% chance of either not living five years or having another stroke within those five years. It's greater than 60% chance. So I say to the voters of Pennsylvania tonight who are ready to check a box tomorrow, I think before you check a box, you should consider a statistic like that. Greater than 60% chance that someone like Fetterman, with a heart in his condition, having had a stroke, will either have a recurrence or won't survive the term. Either have an occurrence or won't survive the term. But Fetterman's not saying that. He's not letting anybody know that. He didn't tell anybody that he refused to take the prescription drugs from a cardiologist, and that's what uh, produced his stroke. He's not telling you that over 60% in this study say that, not not, not opinions, but in the scientific study, that over 60% of them will either have a reoccurrence of that stroke or die within five years before his six-year Senate term is over. But they don't want you to know that. Georgia voters are very open about the way they think, and they think Obama and Biden are as bad as it gets. Drinking water before bed burns 46 pounds in two weeks. Oops, that's the wrong one. Well, anyway, (laughs) the Georgia voters said that Obama said you can never underestimate Biden's capacity to F things up, and he's F things up. And he said there's no possible way I'd vote for any Democrats after this. So that's what they think in Georgia. And thank God for Harmy Dillon's team of lawyers that's on the ground in Georgia. Because you know they're going to try to steal that one. That'll probably go to a runoff. I hope not. I think Herschel's got more support than we think. Back in the day, Rush Limbaugh, and this is his early days when he did a TV show in front of a studio audience. That's where Rush began, by the way. He didn't begin on the radio with a huge following, he began this little television show that Roger Ailes put together. And if you remember all the ribbons and the bracelets that people used to wear for one cause or another, I mean, you'd see people with six or seven on their wrists, and you just start laughing at them. You'd think, I must be a horrible citizen. Apparently, those causes don't mean anything to me. Rush had all of these ribbons on the lapel of his jacket, and he told you what you are. I care more than any of you about anything. And these ribbons say so. I want you people sitting at home and you people in the audience, look down at your lapel right now. I want you to do this. Put the camera back on me. Do this. When you look down, what do you see? You don't see anything because you're not wearing any ribbons. It means you're a bigot. 
It means you're a racist. It means you're a sexist. It means you're a homophobe. It probably means you're a white guy. It probably means you're a European. And you and you alone are responsible for all the ills of America. But I'm not because I'm wearing these ribbons. <laughs> I care more than you. That's what liberals essentially believe. That they will bend. Oh, we don't want anybody to think we're not pro-black or we're not pro-gay or we're not pro-tranny or we're not pro Indian or Asian or Hispanic. Oh, no. So we'll wear a ribbon. We'll wear a bracelet. And that tells you what we are. But you don't wear one. So what are you? And that's how they are. That's how they judge people. Carpe diem to our research assistant and Rush Limbaugh for finding that. It's amazing, isn't it? All right. Our phone lines are going to be open for you as we uh, take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll take your calls and we'll remind everybody that the country that we're trying to preserve today is worth preserving. And if we don't do it, we'll regret it for the rest of our lives. What's not worth preserving is the way of life that's been forced upon us by these liberal Freaks, and I mean freaks. So this is our country, and the flag is the one that we all pledge allegiance to. And we're back after this. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom, wherever she waves, there's respect. Because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. 
for all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country, and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance, under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools, too. Welcome you back in, Kevin Slayton, with you on a Tuesday morning right here in the Window World Kings Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Our phone lines are open for you, 636-538-0746. It is Election Day. If you haven't voted, please do. Uh, you'll have all day to vote. Take your time. Take some time off work. Take your lunch hour. Whatever it is you have to do, it's much more important than you, that you vote than you do anything else today. Unless, of course, it's health reasons or something of that nature. But this is very important. If you want to live and continue to live in a constitutional republic, you'll get out and vote today. Our good friends at Taco Bell will be happy to serve you on Election Day. Run through your locally owned and operated Taco Bell, grab some tacos or something else, something for breakfast, and go vote. You have something to eat while you're in line, if there is a line. But they've got a spectacular dollar crave menu and a $5 crave menu that operate all day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. And you can grab yourself on your way to vote a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits for a buck. Maybe grab yourself the breakfast quesadilla. Under $2. Even if you add steak onto it, it's under $3. You can get a double chalupa with two tacos in a box and a soft drink for 5 bucks off the $5 Crave menu. Two different AM crunch wraps are under $3. The Grande Scrambler is under $3. Folks, they have the Mexican pizza back. Have you ever had the Mexican pizza? Have you ever had it at Taco Bell? If you haven't, this is the time to do so. Maybe take that with you to the election line. Woo, everybody will be wanting a piece of your Mexican pizza. That much I promise you. The double steak grilled cheese burrito is back at Taco Bell. They're always bringing back popular items, so they're paying attention to you. I support locally owned and operated businesses. And here's where the locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations are. In Missouri, they're in Chesterfield Valley, Cape Girardeau, Jackson, Union, St. Clair, Washington. In Illinois, Waterloo, the capital, Springfield. Go there and vote and vote that clown out. Carbondale, DuCoin, Troy, Salem, Decatur, Jerseyville, Columbia. All of those locations are locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. Go to Taco Bell. Get a red, white, and blue taco, and then go vote. Kevin is first up. Hello, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, Kevin. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. It's the day we take the country back. It's the day 
of patriotism as opposed to treason. Yep. Good. Good night. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Didn't mean to. <laughs> you're, you're channeling your inner John Fetterman. You know, Kevin, I don't mean to make fun of anybody. If if I was around someone who had those issues and they spoke like that, I would say, God bless their heart. I want to pray for him. And you know what? God bless his heart. I do want to pray for him. But when you parade him out there and his wife does it, his wife's no different than Joe Biden. She's just looking for status and power. But when you parade him out there, it's not that we're making fun of him. We're trying to make a point. We're not going to vote for anybody like that. I mean, I have a relative who's had a brain aneurysm, who's had issues. And their job right away said, oh, they can't come back to work. They, they, they tried them. They tested them. They couldn't do the job anymore. So you can't come back to work. So why, are we gonna, why would some people in Pennsylvania vote for that guy? Well, you wouldn't if you have a functioning brain, um, but they don't. Look, millions of people have strokes. Millions of people are rendered medically uh, incapable of conducting certain jobs. For instance, with my back issues, from, from my, I couldn't do work, physical work anymore, but that's something I recognize. You, you talk about a stroke victim, it's much more severe. And well, like when Dr. Said, Siegel I, I, explains that it was a stroke caused by the heart, a blood clot from the heart caused the stroke, and apparently that's the most damaging kind. And yet he well, doesn't like tell it. us that. Look, if, if you're in Pennsylvania, you've got to understand he's lying to you. He has lied to you about everything from fracking right on through. He's a racist, and he's hiding his health issues. But mm-hmm. let's go vote for him. And, and, you know, I guess they'll call it a slip, but he said that we want to be in office. Does he mean him and his wife? When he said we, I knew that right away. That's the wife. Wifey yeah. Giselle is going to take over. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, again, Kevin, I didn't say that to, to get on that subject too much, but to make light of it. I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying that you don't put people in office like that. You pray for them. You support them. You help them. You give them what they need. But you don't put them in office. Same thing they did with Joe Biden two years ago. You know, just don't put this guy in office. You see what you get. Right. Um, and you've got an example now. Yeah. So a, a couple of quick things, too. Um, little tongue-in-cheek. Any Vegas odds right now on when Brett Bayer calls Arizona tonight, what time he'll do that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they'll be careful, especially. (laughs) Um, And then when you played that clip of Obama and uh, O'Biden and everything that he said, they've already done. When he talks about books, didn't they already take Dr. Seuss out? You know? Yes, they did. (laughs) I mean, everything he said, it, it's they've already done. It's, it's the opposite is true. They're out there telling you what they already did. Oh, the Republicans are going to do it, but don't look at what we did. You know, they're going to ban books, but uh, oh, Dr. Seuss is still bad. You know, it, it's just it's just stupid. And and if you got any sense of a brain at all, it's crazy. And somebody sent me a meme that said today is National IQ Testing Day. Well, there's a giant IQ test on the, in the country today. I've heard that many times. It's yeah. actually very true because we are we are deciding who's illiterate and who's not. Now, we also yeah. had an IQ test when it came to mask wearing. We found out yeah. who's literate and who's illiterate. Well, let me spin, before I go, let me spin over into Illinois where uh, it's crazy over in Illinois where, where I'm from. And so you can have a mail-in ballot in your hand today. And instead of going to vote, you can still go to the post office and have them postmark it and mail it. And they've got until November the 22nd to count that vote. It's crazy. And, you know, so and then uh, one of my local politicians put on a Facebook post 
hey, we can see how many mail-in ballots have not been returned in in our region here. And if you've got one and you haven't mailed it in, you can come into the polling place today in Illinois. You can hand them the mail-in ballot and say, you know, void this. I want to go ahead and vote now. And they'll do that. But here's the problem I see with that over over here in Illinois is, and I told my wife who already went to vote this morning, I told her, hey, I got priorities. I got to listen to Kevin first. Then I'll go vote. <laughs> <laughs> but my wife had to get to work. But um, but when I look at this mail-in voting here in Illinois especially, how do I know the opposite isn't true? If I go in the polling place today and they know that I voted Republican in a primary and I go in and vote today and then they see my vote come through and go, oh, he's a Republican from the primary. He's probably voting for Republicans. So let, let's push that ballot aside. Let's force a mail-in ballot in and vote that for him. And he'll never know the difference. And you know what, Kevin? I wouldn't. No, well, you hope, and uh, as Harmeet Dillon explained to us, that the lawyers, the Republican lawyers, are all over the place, So, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the swing states. So I'm assuming, knowing the corruption that takes place in Illinois every election cycle, that they are no question going to be observing there. And, Kevin, I've, I've said it on your show before. you got to outvote the cheaters. You said it earlier, I believe. you got to outvote the cheaters. And that's how, like, Bruce Rauner got in the governor in Illinois when he did it, outvoted the cheating. My prayer today is, is that so many Illinois voters did not mail in ballots and are going to go out in force today to the point it is going to overwhelm their cheating. And they won't be able to pull off all the cheating that they, they want to do. And, and, and Illinois has been, been the, the benchmark of cheating and voting for my whole life. But that's where they got the idea when they put a, a Biden in office. It all came from how Illinois does it. And now you look at all these other states doing it. So my prayer today is that Illinois people are smart and go out in droves today and overwhelm it. Um, and then, you know, just beat the system. And if not, then our prayer has to be that Southern Illinois figures out a way to succeed if it doesn't work today. You know, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way to secede if you're Southern mm -hmm. Illinois. The, the corruption and the control that Chicago exerts over the rest of the state is preposterous. Mm -hmm. I don't know that mm -hmm. there's a city in any other state that controls that state like Chicago controls Illinois. I guess New York would be the closest. I'm not even sure if New York City controls the state of New York like Chicago controls Illinois. If it, if no, it I, is, I, it's the only one. Philadelphia doesn't control Pennsylvania as much as Chicago controls Illinois because you've got Pittsburgh. You've got other, other cities that have some de decent size in Pennsylvania. Cleveland doesn't control Ohio like Chicago controls Illinois. Chicago is got, has always been, as we all know, one of the most corrupt cities in America, in American history. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's, it's sick. And, and, and Southern Illinois suffers of, for it. To the people of Illinois, that you have a choice, a billionaire or a farmer, you know, I'm choosing the farmer. I'm playing to stay straight out about it. I'm choosing the farmer. Um, I don't know if he's the best candidate, but I think he's better than what we've got in there. And I, I just think, you know, it, Illinois needs to needs to change. And, and I'm just scary that it's never going to. Plus, they have a ballot measure today to change the amend or excuse me, to change the Illinois Constitution by an amendment to force unions to force people to enter their unions. And everything I've read over here said that's bad and it could increase property taxes. There's a back-end thing in there that my property taxes could go up close to $2,000 on my property. Why on earth would I vote for that? Right. You know? Well, you wouldn't, but why on earth would anybody vote for a Democrat? They do. Yeah, and I'm not anti-union in that statement about unions, but it shouldn't be in the constitution of the state. That should be private. 
you know, it's between businesses and unions. It changed the Constitution, and it's crazy in Illinois. You can put it on the ballot to amend the Constitution, but if you want to get it out of the Constitution, it takes you know an unbelievable amount of effort to get it off of there. Then it's, <laughs> it's just Illinois is crazy over here in in their in their politics. So well, they're corrupt, Kevin. I, yeah, I, I just wanted to call and and you know bring Illinois to people's attention. Your Illinois listeners, if you're not voting today, I'm going to say it to anybody I see today or even tomorrow. If you didn't vote, don't complain. That's always the case, and people need to understand that simple message. If you're going to complain, go vote. And I'll tell you what, I'm not from Missouri, but I'm praying for Andrew Jones today for sure. Oh yeah, um, you know, <laughs> praying for a lot of these races and. I already told my wife, I said, usually we stay up on election night and watch. In Illinois, I tell her, and I go to bed because, you know, Chicago won't come in or East St. Louis doesn't come in until 2 in the morning. I said, but now I said, you know what, we should just take a week off because we're not going to get the results till you know, another week or two from now, you know, according to John Pierre, you know. It's just so stupid. Well, it's not stupid. It's corrupt. There's a method to their madness. They're not stupid. They They understand that if we can count ballots after the election – we can steal the election. That's not stupid. That's just corrupt. What's stupid yep. is if someone allows them to do it. Yep. And all the all the lawyers in the world can only do one thing. They can observe the law. So in Pennsylvania, if the state law says you can't accept ballots after election day, and I believe it does, then I don't care what they say. Well, we're going to accept ballots till November fifteenth. No, you're not, because mm-hmm. one of the lawyers is going to go into court and put an end to that. Yep. Exactly. And when I go to vote here in a little bit, even though it's Illinois, I will do what I always do. I hand my ID to the election judge. You know, you got to have an ID for everything else. It's crazy. Matter of fact, Kevin, on the ID real quick, and I'll let you go. That that school, that horrible shooting that happened a couple weeks ago. Oh, my gosh, my heart just bleeds, you know, over in St. Louis for that. But when all the students were transported over to Gateway Tech, I think it was, do you know what the parents had to show before they could pick up their kid and take them home? An ID. An ID. In St. Louis. Yep, it's crazy. You know, you know go, go figure, an ID. An ID. You know, it's, you know, it's just, you, you don't have to show an ID to vote, you got to show an ID to get your kid. <laughs> so, As you should. Yeah, yes, yeah, you should, but that shows you how nuts it is when it comes to voting and, and how crazy we've let it come. I blame the people, for one, as a majority. We've let this happen. It's time to take the country back. Folks, I've said it to several people. Pray, go vote, and when you get home, get back to work, pray some more, because that's what we need to do for the next several days is pray, put our trust in God. It's like Red Skelton just said for you. We can't let them take God away from us. All right, Kevin, thank you. Have a blessed day, brother. Praying for you. Hope your back feels better. Thank you. Appreciate the call and appreciate your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've been trying to, when I heard earlier this morning that Pennsylvania, for instance, allows ballots to be counted up until the 15th of November, I just, I, I had to do a double take. And so I've tried to find the law in Pennsylvania that says they can do that. And I haven't been able to find that law. So it's quite possible that it isn't the case, but you know how they make exceptions, and that's how they operate in these areas. So if they allow it to go that long, there's only one reason for that. One reason and one reason only. 
If you're trying to call, I missed some calls, so give us a call back at 636-538-0746. 636-538-0746. I don't know what the hell's going on in this country, in some of these states with these laws, but it's bizarre. Cleo's back with us. Good morning, Cleo. Hey, I got a couple things real quick, Kevin. Go right ahead. Okay, Dr. Siegel Fox has verified it. Fetterman is a walking cadaver, just like Frankenstein. He he truly is. I mean, think about that for a moment. I mean, if that stroke that's caused from it came from his heart, is that dangerous to him even being able to continue? That the chances of him uh, having another one are over sixty percent or dying while he's on the job? What the hell? Very similar to Frankenstein, walking dead. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'll make fun of him. I don't care. No, I, I, I make fun of him, too. I don't make fun of his stroke, but I make fun of him because he's an idiot, and he's trying to convince us that we're stupid. I'll give you one more thing real quick because I know time's of the essence. I, I, I've been big on this uh, no on marijuana in Missouri, and I'm very big on it. Let me tell you why. It is a personal story, Kevin. I have a daughter that started on marijuana, and she graduated to other things, and she's dead now. I'm so sorry for that. And that's a fact, man. I if I get if I get in a polling place and somebody hands me some literature about about marijuana and fraud, I'm gonna punch him in the nose. I do not blame you whatsoever. I would do exactly the same thing, Cleo. I'm we really so, I'm other, really we sorry don't want to hear other that. people dying. That is unconscionable. Just think about that. It's just unconscionable. And anybody who tries to argue against that doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I just, just had to put, say it. Well, I'm telling you right now that I couldn't be praying harder for you right now. Yeah, thank you. I'll let, I'll let you go. Thank you, Cleo. Thanks for calling. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, we're, we're all going to remember you today. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Cleo. Wow. That's powerful stuff. You better not hand Cleo any marijuana information at the polling place because I'll represent you, Cleo, for free. For free. That's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Wow. Mm, That's hard hard to even imagine, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's hard to imagine. Wow. That one leaves me challenged to even speak. Ooh. Don't ever, ever ever take for granted your children's lives. Be vigilant. Be aware of who they hang out with. Be aware of who's around them. I've told the story before that I stepped in when I found out that there was a kid in high school who was hanging around with my son who was selling marijuana and other drugs, I assume, out the back door of the school. Called the principal. I called the kid's mom. Told the, the kid called me back. If you can imagine the nerve of that kid said, who do you think you are telling my mom that I'm selling drugs? I said, 
or he said, dude, who do you think you are? I said, did you call me dude? I said, because let me tell you something, dude. If I ever see you again around my son, I will break your neck. Now, if you can consider that a threat, if you'd like, but go ahead and challenge me on it. And ironically, that kid never came around again. Now, to his credit, that kid changed his ways years later and became an upstanding citizen. But he never came around my son again. Be vigilant. When you know what's going on, be vigilant. Most times we don't know what's going on. All right, folks, our message only today is one thing, vote. Vote early, vote often. In Chicago, you can vote as often as you want. (laughs) Doesn't scare them. Let's see what happens. Hopefully, we're having a real end-of-democracy party. (laughs) But we're going to have an end-of-vigilante reign by this time tomorrow morning. Hopefully, we'll have enough results where it's over and they can't cheat in Pennsylvania and the like. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.